Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had... Chinese bow. It's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another Auburn Live show. It is Thursday morning. We're almost there. We're almost there. I feel like Friday is technically the weekend so it's like thursday morning i feel like is the last day of the week especially on a game week and then friday it just it might as well be saturday i mean nobody nobody gets any work done um you know everybody's thinking about you know when are they leaving in the morning or when are they leaving in the afternoon to get down there and so we just got we just got one more day people and we'll be at uh we'll be at opening kickoff thanks for joining us today uh, i have a very special guest one of our weekly guests um contributor on auburn live former Auburn player, Rob Pate. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, man, I'm good. I, I wish that I had that same uh, kind of mentality about Fridays. Uh, <laughs> if I were a dentist, then, uh, then maybe maybe I could, I could live that life. Uh, I think there's an international law that they can't work on Fridays. Man, I worked, I worked till 5 o'clock on Fridays, so I got, uh, oh, man, I'm sorry. I got, a, I got a full day. Is that your, does it, do people like to get their eyes checked on Fridays versus any other day or is it just every day is busy? It's pretty much just every day is busy. Whenever there's availability, people will jump on it. But uh, there's just a lot of healthcare providers that don't, don't go into work on Fridays. And uh, yeah, uh, we haven't, we haven't made that leap. Yeah. Well, inch that way. I need to get my eyes checked, by the way. I'm not going to bore people with that, but um, it's been a while. Um, man, thanks for joining us. Um, and, and I look forward to your column. People that don't know, obviously Rob is a contributor on auburnlive.com joins us, uh, most weeks uh, on the podcast just to chat, catch up, talk Auburn football. And then his column Pate's perspective comes out every Friday morning and it is always guaranteed to get you ready for the weekend. It's kind of Rob's thoughts on what to look for and what he's looking for and just sort of 
a general tone of where things are at. So we look forward to reading that on Friday morning, uh, Rob. But I guess let's just chat, man. What, what, where's, where's your mind at? What are you thinking as, as Auburn heads into this opener against Akron in terms of what – how do you think fall camp went? I know you've attended a scrimmage. Um, and, and it's just kind of been crazy with Harson out, and now he's back in there. And it seems like a somewhat normal game week. But just kind of where, where's your head at and what are, you, uh, what are you intrigued to see on Saturday? What are you looking forward to? Just kind of walk me through what you're looking for. Well, you know, I think I'm just I'm just excited that it's football season. First of all, I mean, with all the uh, gosh, you know, all the changes, all the negativity, all the uh, COVID, you know, just everything that that uh, as society we've had to deal with. Uh, just having a little bit of normalcy with uh, with college football and seeing stadiums packed again. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I want to see I want to see all the talk about culture and about consistency and about, um, uh, you know, just sort of the, the new life that, uh, that we've heard um, this staff and, and these players discuss so much. I just want to see the fruit of that. Uh, I want to see what that looks like on Saturdays, how that translates to their scheme and, and the effort that we see out of players and, uh, you know, just see kind of how they um, approach this first game, their first opportunity to, to get out and, show all the hard work that they've put in. And, and I know it is. I know when you go through a coaching change, how difficult that can be. And, um, um, you know, just the opportunity for them to get out there and play against somebody that, that doesn't wear their jersey. I know how exciting that is. And um, so just wanting to see kind of uh, the, the scheme of what they come up with and, uh, you know, how these guys fit into this new system. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think that's – I mean, I don't know what we can take out of Saturday other than, you know, watching, you know, execution, discipline, and things like that. Um, we talked to Harson on um, – we talked to Brian Harson on Monday. It was as we – I was getting confused because Tuesday used to be their weekly press conferences. We were talking to Brian Harson on Monday. And somebody kind of asked him that question. They asked him sort of what the difference – well, they asked him what the differences were between, you know, his Boise State team and this Auburn team. Um, but he sort of got into really what his expectations are um, for his team in general. He's, you know, he, he, he kind of said, um, you know, there's not a lot of change. He says it's an everyday process of making sure that the expectations are clear and everybody understands them um, and that they all work to achieve, achieve that level of standard that goes along with those expectations. And he talks about, talks about constant teaching. He talks about accountability, um, responsibility. He talks about fighting a sense of, he talks about uh, fighting against complacency. Um, he talks about uh, having a sense of urgency uh, and creating that mindset for yourself. Um, and then really, man, he's mentioned a lot of different times. He'll find a way to weave into his answers, taking practice, taking what you're doing in practice and putting it towards the game. Um, you know, he, he talks about that a lot. Um, even today when, you know, or, or I guess on Wednesday when he was talking to uh, about Tank Bigsby, he said, you know, he's, he's doing really well, but, you know, Tank, we're just looking for him to continue to do what he does in practice and take that to the game. So, like, that's kind of his constant thing. So, I think you're right. I think, I think that's kind of a hint into those are sort of the foundational pieces for him. And so, when you watch his team on, in week one and watch it in week two, you're looking for – you know, a disciplined football team. If you don't have one, something's way off. That's, that's number one. Beyond talent and, and everything else they got going on, look for, you know, penalties, look for execution, look for, you know, just the things that show whether a team is disciplined and, and on point or not because 
that is first and foremost with Brian Harson. Um, and so I think, I think you're right. I think that's a big thing to look for. And you, you probably um, know what to look for more than even just the normal fan in terms of what stands out as a, a disciplined team, you know, or, or not. But I think, I think he echoes sort of what you've been saying. Well, you know, you said two things in that that, that, that I think stand out to me. One is the, the, the aspect of consistency. You know, you really aren't going to be able to tell um, how disciplined of a team you are until you get into a, a battle, until yeah. you, you know, face adversity, until you're down a couple of scores, until the crowd's on your butt, you know, until a coach chews you out, until you drop a pass or you get beat deep, you know, all those sorts of things. Those are the kind of things that, uh, that bring about, you know, am I disciplined? Do I believe what these guys have taught me? Um, am, I buy, am, I, am I truly bought in or has I, have I really been operating on the surface all this time? Now, you really won't know that until those guys get, get kicked in the teeth a little bit. Um, and it'll happen. And, 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 and you'll see, you know, at some point, some of those guys that, that seem to hold some, some pretty strong um, beliefs that they're fully bought in may start to question that a little bit. I hope, that, I hope that's not a lot of them, but, but some of them, it just is human nature. The second thing is uh, you talked about um, playing to a standard. You know, you can, you can see that when you play in a, in a, in a game like this. I mean, if, if you're truly a mature football team, which this team should be. I mean, this team's got a lot of kids that have played a lot of football yeah, in the right, right positions. Yeah. And uh, they've got a lot of guys that have come over from other schools that are going to play important positions as transfers um, that bring with them a wealth of experience. Um, so, you know, those guys should play to a standard. Those guys should be able to show up against Nacker and, and, and handle their business. And so, you know, you, you learn a little bit about the maturity um, of, uh, of a team right out of the gate. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm glad that they get to start with a game like this because I just don't know that, you know, having to go in and play a, uh, a Power 5 non-conference really good opponent with – you know, two new schemes on both sides of the ball with, um, like we said, a lot of transfers that uh, are going to play pivotal positions um, that, uh, you know, have never done it before in an Auburn uniform with, uh, you know, even having battled with your head coach being gone for a week in the middle of camp. You know, those things are just not ideal. So for them to, to go out there and be able to have somebody to, uh, to beat up on a little bit, um, I think that's going to prove big for them for, for building some momentum, building some confidence early on. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point about the, the maturity of the team. I mean, you have, you have Tarvaris Dawson, who's a true freshman. He's the only freshman in the two deep on offense. Um, and then you've got, you know, a lot of those guys back on defense have played football. And then, of course, you got transfers, but Tony Fair's played football at UAB. Um, you know, Badarius Knighton's played football. Donovan Coffin's played, you know, a year of football. Uh, Marcus Harris has played some football. So, so you got guys, even the, obviously the guys that transferred in were starters, you know, and so they bring experience as well, especially somebody like Tony Fair. Think about Chandler Wooten and the maturity there and Owen Papo and Smoke Monday. And I mean, so yeah, you definitely got across that we have an offensive line that they need to improve, but all those guys played last year. And so you've definitely got um, some players that, that can set the stage and set the tone from a, um, from a maturity standpoint. So that'll be, That'll I be, think just you know, a, be positive. I think you can even look at, at who these guys selected as their permanent team captains to, to, to look at that and say, there's a, there's a level of maturity from this group that, uh, that maybe doesn't exist on every team simply because, I mean, the easy pick is to pick your quarterback as a permanent team captain. I mean, it's just, he's the leader of the team. I mean, you know, it's, if he doesn't play well, we're going to lose. And so, 
you know, the, the quarterback gets the benefit of the doubt nine times out of ten on both teams, and, and that's not to, to, to be hypocritical of both. I think they just look out and they respect, um, you know, the, the two guys that they that they elevated, a guy that's not a senior in one regard, and Owen Papo, that's big, yeah. all right, for, for, for a group of seniors to say, hey, we, we think so much of you that we want to elevate you as a captain. That doesn't happen very often. And then a guy like Chandler Wooten that, uh, that sat out last year, that uh, that had some 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 pretty tough things to say uh, online on Twitter about uh, uh, you know things in society, things yeah. with injustices, but even even how his team played, you know, for for him to come back and for those guys to uh, you know to feel like that there was a a level of maturity, a level of growth, um, they were able to see a fire in his eye and a work ethic from him. Um, you know, and, and to pick him, I mean, not even a, not even a true starter at the position and say, Hey, we, we want you to lead this team. Uh, I think that's a, a different mindset that you don't typically see. Yeah. And Chandler Wooten is a really fascinating story. I think if you went back last year and, and talked about, I think if you went back to last year and you're right, Chandler Wooten decided to sit out. I mean, that's in the height of, COVID in the height of shutdowns and the height of people losing their jobs, like not to get too into it, but it was in the height of a lot of going back and forth among, you know, people and people were taking sides on where things stood and, and he sits out. And then, you know, obviously he was also a, you know, a vocal um, person in terms of marching for racial justice. He, he, he was out there. I think he had the sign that said, you know, cheer for us. I can't remember. He, he had a sign that went viral. It was, it, was in, it, was in the, it was in the newspapers and stuff. And so he was a vocal person and, and part of those marches in downtown Auburn. And so, yeah, very involved father. Mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I wondered last year, I mean, I read some of the, you know, when he posted that stuff, um, he got some pushback from Auburn fans. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, sure. it wasn't all great. Um, it was, uh, it was, you know, I, he, he, he had to deal with, with some, with some flack from, from Auburn fans for taking the positions he did. And now a year later, he's back. Uh, he's a permanent team captain. And even more interesting than that, I think is all the criticism for Brian Harson with the vaccine and all this crap that's going on. And you listen to him and you listen to Chandler Wooten, you listen to Chandler Wooten talk about Brian Harson and Brian Harson talk about Chandler Wooten there is a massive amount of mutual respect between yeah. Brian Harson and Chandler Wooten that I think completely went under the radar. I pointed it out on Twitter, but I think it went completely under the radar in terms of people. If you're trying to get to know who Brian Harson is and you're trying to get to know who Chandler Wooten is, I think there's some differences in, in culture and lifestyle there and the way those guys think. And, and Brian Harson talked about meeting him for the first time and he was honest. He goes, I, I questioned his, I, I wanted to know about his commitment. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know him before. I didn't, all I knew is he set out. I just wanted to know why. And he talked about how after that conversation, he just, the utmost respect, he, he respects him as a father, as a man. Um, and he just says they're really tight. And, and, and then Wooten, you know, comes out and they ask him and he goes, yeah, if I were Coach Harson, I would have asked me the same thing. And, and he has a, a bunch of respect for Harson. I, that relationship and what those two guys said about each other, I think has gone way under the radar in terms of telling you about the other person. Um, because I think those people represent two very different groups of people probably. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's been, I, I think, it, but anyway, w Wooten has come a long way in a year and now he's permanent team captain. And, and if you go, if you go around and ask Auburn fans and you think about what he said about Harson, this and that, 
he's probably, you know, one of the most well-liked players from fans and, and teammates. It's been an interesting year for Wooten. Yeah, and, and that's kind of another reason why I'm, I'm really high and, and like the, the things that, uh, that Brian Harson has done since he stepped on campus because, I mean, you know, th- that's not a relationship that I think most of us would have said, hey, you know, new coach coming in, guy that chooses to step out, uh, not play, guy that chooses to uh, be vocal on social media, um, you know, maybe these guys come from different worlds and, and there's no ability to, uh, to, to get them together, especially here's, here's the thing. People today, young people today, you know, are really big at deconstructing everything, right? They're deconstructing their spirituality. They're deconstructing institutions. They're deconstructing the way that they were raised, tra- traditional norms, everything. And with that, um, you know, there's some good things that come out of that. And there's some terrible things that come out of that. But one of the things that they've done for the most part is they've got a pretty good BS meter. All right. So they're really able to see through a lot of things that ultimately aren't going to be beneficial to them. And, and that red flag goes up and, uh, and they're vocal about it. And for a guy like Chandler Wooten to be so on board with, I mean, think about who walked out as his coach with, with a guy like uh, Travis Williams. Chandler Wootland never, never had any doubt that his coach had his back and that he would love him through anything. Um, and for him to be so on board to, to the point to even say, hey, sometimes change is good, yeah. um, you know, that just lets me know that, uh, that he's got this team firmly within his grasp and they're going to play very hard for this guy. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think from what I understand, if you ask the players – um, Chandler Wooten has been a leader for, for a few years. You know, he, uh, you ask them, he might now just be getting the recognition to be a permanent team captain, but I think if you asked him, he's been a leader. Even last year, yeah. you remember, he, he kind of went viral a little bit for, for the, on Twitter when he, I think it was one of the – Auburn may have lost. It was a South Carolina game, and he's at home, and he went on Twitter and he said there's no leadership. And yeah. it kind of caught everybody. He's like, whoa, you know, hold on. You're, you're the guy that's not playing and talking about leadership. But, um, but he was right. <laughs> I mean, he was right. And now here he is, you know, and everybody's like, oh, look at you, you're at home talking about leadership. And now guess what? His teammates, you know, it just shows you how much people don't know what's going, really going on. Like they completely respected his decision to the point where he's now captain this year, despite yeah. saying like they didn't care. They were, they're probably like, you're right. We don't have leadership, man. And he's a, and he's a good kid. I mean, I, I, yeah, he's a good man. You know, I mean, a guy has his, has his own family now, but I've gotten a chance to be able to get to know him a little bit because we wear the same number. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, from, from, the, uh, from the thing that uh, Coach Malzahn put together where he let us come back in and find the guy with our number and kind of have a conversation with him, I got to talk with him a couple of times. And, uh, you know, he's always super respectful, has, has written me thank you notes just for paving the way, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm just proud of him, proud of uh, the opportunity for him. Hope he gets plenty of opportunities to shine this year. And he will. He's going to be the guy – that they're going to bring in on third and short when they rotate their nickel out. Um, he'll be the third linebacker that's going to come in to, to beef up against the run. And uh, I think he and, and Donovan Kaufman will, will, will rotate in and out a lot based off of personnel. Yeah. Um, let's stay on that a little bit because we were talking about a little bit before the show started, we were talking about the depth chart and Auburn released their official depth chart this week and nothing crazy surprising in terms of, you know, personnel, except for the fact that we were looking at the defense and, you know, we know Derek Mason's going to run a 3-4 most of the time. 
Um, but yet the depth chart that was released was a 4-3 look. They released a depth chart that looked like four defensive linemen and three normal linebackers with Chandler Wooten starting as a star linebacker, um, which is kind of weird. And so from what I understand, that was kind of a nod to Chandler Wooten, um, a respect thing. You know, they will, they will be in three linebackers at times. There, there will be times where it, it, it might be a 4-3, um, but that won't be the norm. But I think they wanted to give a little nod to Chandler to toss that out there when they released it. The normal defensive depth chart will, will mostly have Tony Fair at the nose, Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris on either side of him. And then you'll have Papo and McLean as your linebackers and your edge players will be Derek Hall and TD Moultrie, Eco Leota and Romello Height. Dylan Brooks probably red shirts, but that's kind of what your front seven will look like. And then Wooten will play as well. What are your thoughts on that front seven? I know you've seen them play, especially Eco Leota and, and Romello Height, two backup edge guys that I've, Probably most Auburn fans don't know anything about those guys. One's a transfer yeah. and one's a, a a newcomer, but but a lot of a lot of ability. You like them, right? I do like them. Well, I, I don't like what you said. I mean, if you base out of a out of a three four and you put your starting lineup out as a four three, um, <laughs> because you want to, you know, you, I mean, we just talked about Chandler Wooten and the, and the great job he's done. That's awesome, fantastic, but somebody earned a starting position that didn't get recognized for it, you know, and I, I don't like that because if you're, yeah. if you're TD Moultrie, you got a pretty dang good story too. If, if you've worked your butt off and, and you've kind of, you know, never been able to, to live up to the, to the, um, you know, the expectations of, of what you've been capable of doing and, and you get uh, shunned. I'm not a big fan of that, but uh, I do, I do like the guys that, uh, that they've accumulated on the edge. When, when I've watched practice, um, you know, I don't see a whole lot of difference between uh, the four that you mentioned, between uh, um, Derek Hall, T.D. Moultrie, uh, Leota, and, uh, uh, and Romello Height. In fact, I would go so far as to say just from drill work and from the, the, the quickness and uh, the ability to, to, to be, be, just wreak havoc in the backfield, uh, I think Romello Height is is the guy that uh, is going to be surprising. If he gets the chance to get some snaps, I think he can be a real uh, disruptive guy. And I also think that uh, that what Derek Mason is going to do on the back end of that defense is going to help the front so much because it's it's going to keep the ball in the hands of the quarterback a little bit longer, split second that it's going to take to make a difference in pressures and sacks um, because we're not running the same – defense back there you know play in and play out those guys will mix it up just 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 the sheer nature of being off of the receiver will uh many times give that uh, quarterback pause is he gonna is he playing man-to-man is he in zone is he going to come up and press you know what what's he going to do you don't really know and so they have to hold it that split second to give those guys an opportunity to get to the uh, uh to the ball yeah i'm fascinated to see how how that plays i think that could be a strength for auburn is that that pass rush um, if fair and if fair can hold up in the middle, um, which he's going to need to, because behind him is JJ Pegues, who doesn't have a lot of experience, has got some ability. So they're, you know, the, both sides, really the trenches, the offensive line as well, they're, they're thin uh, injuries could really, really, um, hurt Auburn. If, if the wrong guy goes down on the offensive line or, or the defensive line, I mean, if they lost, Colby Wooden, it'd be a it'd be a, it'd be a big loss if they yeah. lost Tony Fair. You'd have JJ Pegues, who's never played the position, starting, um, and then no depth behind him if if they lost Austin Troxel at tackle. So that there's there's enough players there to put out there, but I, I really wonder 
how if when the season goes on, you know, you got your first four games are not even conference games. So then once you get past Georgia State, it's nothing but conference. There's no breaks yeah. um, from from there on. And I'm really wondering how it's how Auburn's going to hold up and how they're going to stay healthy, especially along those trenches, because they cannot afford any injuries right there. They don't have the depth. No, I agree. And, you know, every team that makes a, a deep run has to have a little bit of uh, things go their way um, from a depth perspective because most teams are that way. There, there's just not many teams that are going to be able to throw a guy in and, and maintain that level of consistency. Um, you know, I, I guess that the solace is that you do have along that offensive front several guys that have gotten experience, um, a couple of guys that have played tackle and guard, um, a lot of cross-training that they've done in, in, in anticipation, really just trying to find five guys that they believe in. But, um, you know, in doing so, knowing that this is a brutal league and knowing that people uh, have the potential to go down, you've got guys that uh, I think they feel okay about stepping in and, uh, uh, and, and doing the things they need to do. I, I still feel like that uh, the, the, the staff is capable of protecting this offensive line if they do their if they scheme the right way if they stay ahead of, of down and distance they don't put them in you know third and predictable situations and they don't ask Bo Nix to make every throw outside the numbers um, with no outlet you know um, I mean those guys had very difficult assignments uh, just based off of down and distance and what the play design was. And I just don't think that uh, we're going to continue to roll like that with the, with this group. So I'm hoping that they have a lot more success just by uh, the, the sheer, um, you know, um, the, the, the coaching staff being able to devise schemes that better fit their personnel and what they do well. Yeah. What do you make of uh... – of of some of the Bo Nix and TJ Finley, you know, we, we've heard from those guys and it sounds like they've got a good relationship. I listened to Bo Nix on the next round in Birmingham and he said that that quarterback room is, is pretty tight. It's dynamic. Everybody's a little different. You know, he's got, he's like Grant Loy's played a lot of football and Demetrius Davis is a freshman and Finley brings in his experience and Bo brings in his experience. And um, what do you, what do you make of that quarterback room? Just somebody who's been in a locker room and, and been in position battles and, and you have a mix and a melting pot of, of, of players. What do you make of that quarterback battle? You know, Bo said that TJ and him, that competition's made them better. Um, we know, you know, Harson talked about Finley getting better. Obviously Bo Nix gets the start. Um, what do you sort of make of that? I think that's the big question. Like, is everybody's just waiting to see if, if Bo struggles, what is it, what happens? Or if does he struggle? Like, that's just like, everybody's kind of on pins and needles, I think, to see what does Bo look like. And at the first little hint of him not doing good, you know, it's going to turn into, well, I mean, let's put, you know, it's going to, it's going to turn into Finley. Like it won't take much for Nick's to, for people to think, uh, you know, he's not doing, you know, all right, let's see what Finley's got, you know, and it, it could it become an, an issue, certainly on the outside. I don't know about the inside. Yeah. But, can it leak onto the inside? I mean, just sort of how do you how do you perceive this thing? I, I think it's been healthy, and, and I think Bo, um, I think both of those guys have. You know, you can applaud them for kind of their uh, role in that. Um, Bo, you know, not isolating himself and trying to say, you know, hey, this is my baby, and I'm not going to be a good teammate, and you know, show you the ropes or help you in any way. I don't think there's been any of that, and and then also Finley coming in and uh, working hard. Um, you know, having a good relationship with guys in the locker room, not being standoffish or, you know, thinking that, hey, I, I came to be a disruptor 
um, I came to usurp or whatever. You know, I don't think anybody wants Bo to, to do poorly, uh, even TJ Finley. Um, you know, I, I think that everybody wants the team to be successful. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the thing for the first time, though, is that Bo finally has um, some accountability in that, you know, if he's not playing well, if he's not, um, you know, mentally where he needs to be, uh, then he has somebody that uh, can challenge for time on the field. And I just think that's going to make the whole team better. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure as Auburn gets ready to face Akron and then Alabama State in week two. And then, uh, and then they go to Penn State, and, and we'll see what they're, uh, what they're all about um, in, uh, in, in week three. Um, how, you think – where do you think Auburn can do in the West when you look at this? I mean, we know how, we know how good Alabama is. A&M, I'm just – A&M is going to be fascinating. Um, of course, Jimbo Fisher gets this massive contract extension. I joked on Twitter that um, – I said, who, who's, giving, who's giving out contracts over there, Stephen Leith? Because, um, I mean, it's like the guy – why? Why? You're already paying him a bunch. Why? Why? Like, what did he – you know, it, I almost feel like they just wanted to take the pressure off of him this year. Like – yeah. Like, we're going to give you a contract before this year. It, we're not going to sit here and wait until this year happens or doesn't. Like, we believe in you. We're going to do it before this year. So, even if you don't meet expectations, we still think you're the guy. But that was – I was like – I mean, I, I, he hadn't earned it yet. Um, but what do you make of the – what do you make of the West? Can If Auburn can get things together, Ole Miss, LSU, A&M, you know, they're, they're in there somewhere. Um, they yeah. They probably go second or sixth. Who knows? I think that, uh, you know, Alabama is, is obviously they're, they're going to be the, uh, the top dog because uh, they've proven themselves to be for a decade. And, um, you know, so it's hard for me to, to knock them off of that pedestal with, uh, with the way that they've performed um, in, the, in the pieces that they just seem to churn out. Um, the player development's just been phenomenal for them. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I think LSU is, uh, um, is the one that's overrated. Um, I think that Auburn um, can can play with LSU uh, and can possibly go in and beat them, depending on what type of momentum we have at that point. Um, I think Texas A&M is going to be good. I think even though they lost so many guys, um, just from talking to uh, guys like Cole Kublik that knows the personnel up front, um, you know, he thinks that they're going to be pretty good up front. Um, again, uh, they get their best offensive lineman back. Uh, apparently, they've got another guy that was, you know, better than whoever they were starting. So, and, and, and I, I think Jimbo just does a good job with, with being multiple and uh, putting his guys in position to, to be successful. I think that Coach Harson is, is going to emulate that uh, to a degree with uh, the way that, uh, that he's able to kind of mix and match and, and be whatever his personnel dictates. Um, Ole Miss, I just don't – I just I just can't believe in them um, until they play defense, you know. So, I think that uh, I would I would rather roll into a season with what Auburn will roll in with than to have the firepower offensively that they're going to have – that they're going to, you know, come in with but not be able to stop anybody. So, um, so I, you know, I think Auburn is right there at three. Um, and potentially, depending on how they – you know, how they do at Penn State, what they look like against Georgia, what type of role they're on, how they, how they compete in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, the game against Texas A&M could go either way. What do you think, an eight and four? 
is that more most realistic? Do they get to can they get to nine and three? Are they closer to nine and three or six and six? I think they're closer to nine and three. I mean, I, Auburn's never going to get the benefit of the doubt in the national media, the state media. Um, I think people are overlooking a, um, a, an offensive line that has been verbally berated. Um, you know, there's a lot of pride involved with that. And those guys have played a lot of football. And, um, you know, I, I think that this staff is going to put them in position to have more success. So I think, I think offensively they're going to be okay. I think Bo is going to improve with the, uh, um, with a new scheme. And defensively, I think they're as solid as they can be. So um, as long as the injuries don't become a big nuisance um, or, or something, you know, unforeseen, um, you know, cause some sort of issue, then I, I, would, I would say that 9-3 and three is, is much more likely than 6-6 six and six would be. Man, they got to win in Baton Rouge at some point. I mean, you won their you know, my Yeah, and, you know, here, my daughter is a junior at Auburn right now. And Auburn has never won in Baton Rouge since she has been alive. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I mean, she, since she has been alive, we haven't won in Baton Rouge. It's unbelievable. It is. It's crazy. So I, I'm hoping, man, if, if we can get that monkey off of our back, um, just uh, what an unbelievable effort that would be. It's so much fun. It's a fun that's, place to win. Yeah, that's one of the. That's one of the. That's one of the things that I still knock on Mount. Man, him him letting seventeen slip away is um is one of the is one of the notches on on you know the one of the deals on his resume that you're like man that that one hurt man you you, you can't let that slip away in seventeen you're up twenty one nothing whatever I mean what a just an abysmal um, failure that was to go into a shell and lose that football game. Um, I don't know. I mean, the LSU's good, but you, you're going to have a chance this year too. I mean, my gosh, you know, you, you will. LSU's – they got, they got ability, but, but Auburn's – by no means Auburn's going to be overmatched in that game. There's only – Georgia and Alabama still, despite Auburn's – where Auburn is, Georgia and Alabama are still the only teams in the league that are a clear – clearly a step above. No question they have a talent advantage on everybody else. I think everybody yeah. else is pretty close. You could say Florida's got more talent, but it's – it's pretty marginal. Georgia and Alabama, I think there's a, I think there's a decent gap. I think there's a, you gotta, you gotta make up that gap somehow. But everybody else has got good players, and it's just about home away, and if you execute and all that stuff. So, man, that would be unbelievable if if Auburn could go there and and pull that. That that's what gets you to nine. If they pull that yeah. off, that that's and, and now they're sitting there at one, two, three, four and one. Let's say they lose to Penn State. I don't know what to see. That that's that that turns the whole season. That changes yeah, and, everything. And, and and you know why is LSU getting the, the the praise that they are? Why wouldn't I mean? Obviously, people people look at the records and say, well, Auburn has won there in so long, they're not going to win again this year. But there's really nothing special about what LSU is going to bring to the table other than their recruiting rankings. I mean, nobody is going to say that that uh, you know. I really just think that Ed Orgeron is going to out X and O um, Brian Harson. I mean, I don't think that that's what it is. I think people just say, well, they've got more four stars than Auburn does. They've signed more of them recently. And, um, you know, Auburn just doesn't have a good track record in that side of that stadium. Therefore, we're going we're gonna to notch this one over to LSU. Um, that's the culture shift that we're talking about. You know, that's the consistency aspect that we're talking about. I mean, think about – you brought up 2017, the inconsistency – of giving up a 21-point lead on the road to LSU 
but then turning around and beating Alabama and Georgia um, when they're ranked number one inside your stadium. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the whiplash stuff that uh, um, that was so hard to take as an Auburn fan. That That's the thing that I, I hope we see change. Brutal, brutal. All right, man, before we get out of here, give everybody a quick tease on uh, what they can expect to read from you Friday. Man, don't give it all away, but what what's kind of – What's kind of the gist, man? What are they gonna, what are they gonna feel when they when they read your column, man? The, the amount of people that tell me I'm ready to run through a brick wall after reading your columns is crazy, dude. You you have That's a way funny. of getting people just jacked up. Well, you just you're just to the point, and you you know you try to be a realist, but um, you know you played there, and so I think that comes across. But what give people a little tease? I think we talked about most of it here. I mean, I I'm I just kind of uh, you know talk about the excitement of um, a new season, um, the Harson era, being excited about me personally, being excited about Auburn football uh, in a way I haven't been in, 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 in a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I talk about the unity that the locker room creates. Um, we go through some personnel um, and uh, talk about uh, just kind of some expectations at different position groups um, and, and individual players. Um, and, and then just, uh, you know, what a special place um, it is to, uh, to play and, um, you know, how, how much I'm rooting for these guys to have a successful season. Awesome. Can't wait to read it. AuburnLive.com Friday morning. Pate's perspective will be out. Rob, thanks, man. Thank you, man. Good job. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get see you, some, we get you some sleep. Yeah, dude. I will. I will. Hey, get nice, nice tank top too there. Thanks, man. I'm glad this isn't on video, man. I'm out here doing yard work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> had to, had to take a break, come in here, talk some ball. I hear you. Um, thanks, dude. Uh, appreciate right. everybody joining us, and um, we'll be back with it um, again here soon, and we'll see you. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.